Welcome to Heartland Christian Center Sermon of the Week. You will be able to find more Heartland sermons at hcc.ag or Heartland Christian Center YouTube channel. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with others. We hope you enjoy this week's message by our associate and student pastor, Matt Willingham. want to welcome you this morning. want to welcome all of you watching online. Welcome North Judson and Wanatah and Hebron and Westville and MPH. And Come on, can you put your hands together make some noise? Our Full Throttle family, North Hudson, all of them, come on, they're watching with us today. So good to see you this morning. Hey, I want you to take out your Bibles this morning and uh, take out your worship guides. You got a word with you. Go to John chapter 21 if you have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, maybe you got a smartphone, you can download version along uh, and you can follow along there. We also have Bible reading plans that we go through every week. You get on version, you can follow along with us and... Uh, but John chapter 21 is where we're going to go today. I do got to give a shout out. We got any Washington Township senators in the house today? Any? Got to give a shout out to the ladies. The ladies won regionals last night. It's a big deal. I know some of the ladies that play basketball there. They hang out with us when we go to, to the high school to elevate. And uh, so congrats to them. And, but John chapter 21 is where we're going today. Got a regional winner. Brady, we win in regionals too this year, aren't we? Boys, we're going to do that, right, Brady? Morgan Township. John chapter 21, verse 15 through 17. We're going to look at our, uh, continue our series on questions God asks. We're going to look at the question this morning, do you love me? Do you love me more than these? The title of my message is All of Me. Before John Legend ever penned the words, Simon Peter. <laughs> Maybe he sung it to Jesus. I don't know. All of me. Verse 15, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. And again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And the third time he said to him in verse 17, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Look at what the word says. Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Come on, can we pray this morning? God, I thank you, Lord, again for your grace and your mercy. Lord, thank you for your son, Jesus, who died on the cross for our sins. God, thank you that because of him we can come this morning and have relationship with you. So, God, I pray that you would just open our eyes, our ears, our hearts, and our mind to what it is you have to say to us this morning. God, challenge and change every one of us. Let us leave different than how we were when we walked in. God, than how we were when we clicked online to join this morning, to watch, or this afternoon, whatever it is we're watching. God, I pray that you will speak to us in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, everybody. Say Amen. Amen. All of me. Do you love me more than thee? By, by a show of hands, if we can be honest this morning, uh, anybody, in El, anybody else in here, North Judson, Hebron, come on, let's be honest. Anybody else in here other than me ever make a mistake in life? Come on, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Come on. If, the, if their hand is not raised, you can elbow them gently and tell them, say, stop lying in church. Come on, we, we make mistakes, right? We make mistakes and... Uh, if we're, if we're honest, life is full. You never have to look for an opportunity to make a mistake. Make a mistake. Life is full of them, right? It, it just happens. Um, and, and it's all of these opportunities that we have. You know, we do things we shouldn't do. We do, you know, the Apostle Paul said it best. 
He said, the things I know I should do, I don't do those. And the things I know I shouldn't do, I do those, right? That's, what's, that, that's my life explained in a nutshell. Like the things I know I should not do, that's oftentimes the things I find myself doing. And the things I know I should do, those are sometimes the things I find myself not doing those, right? And we find ourselves in life having these mistakes and the Apostle Paul talks about that. And, 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 and you know what I've come to discover, though, is that growth and mistakes tend to go hand in hand, right? Growth and mistake opportunities for growth often, oftentimes also brings opportunities for me to make a mistake, opportunities for me to miss it. We see it in industry all the time. Opportunities to grow and expand oftentimes is met with uh, opportunities that they made a mistake. Matter of fact, uh, history tells us when GM... General Motors, they tried to in introduce the Chevy Nova into South America, but what they neglected to understand and to notice is that the Spanish word Nova means no-go. <laughs> so when they tried to sell the car in South America, the Chevy no-go, that was a no-sell, is what that was. They did not sell anything. Um, uh, Coca-Cola, they, they had this new campaign and they wanted to introduce it to China and uh, and you've probably heard the slogan, but they, they, they was trying to find a phonetic equivalent uh, in the Chinese uh, language. And, and what they found was they, they ended up coming up with a drink that said, um, Coca-Cola bite the wax tadpole. That was not a drink anybody was wanting to, to sell. Uh, Pepsi did the same thing in, in China, that when they took their come alive with Pepsi, with their slogan, come alive with the Pepsi generation. It was uh, translated into Chinese. It said, Pepsi brings your ancestors back from the grave. Nobody <laughs> was drinking that drink in China. Uh, and the famous one, many of you have probably heard in 1961, Deacon Records, they decided to pass on signing a group because they said, and I quote, they, they stated that guitar groups were on their way out. And so who did they pass on? The infamous greatest, one of the greatest bands of all times, the Beatles. You talk about a mistake uh, that they made. The point is very simple. It is that all of us make mistakes. Amen. Some of them are more public than, than others. And many times when we make mistakes, you know, it brings different feelings in our life. Uh, matter of fact, yesterday we had a birthday party for my youngest son, Trey. He's 11 now. And uh, that means I've almost got three boys in teenage years. Y'all pray for me. And so we had like a little family party. I don't mean to put my wife on blast, but I just figured this is a funny story. We had a little family party, and, and so she goes, hey, I'm going to order pizza. You go to Pizza Hut and get the pizza, and I'm like, all right, cool. And so I drive up to the window. You know, if you've ever been to Pizza Hut, and I ring a little bell, and they come to the window. I said, hey, Leslie Willingham, and they're like, all right, and they look up, and they're trying to find the name. They're like, we don't have a Leslie Willingham, and immediately, like, I don't know. I get agitated very quickly sometimes. Y'all pray for me. I go, y'all. I go, sir, Willingham, W-I-L-L-I, -L -L -I, and I started spelling it. He goes, I don't have a Leslie Willingham. I'm like, for the love of God, the pizza is there. And he, he starts to go down the list of the names. I've got Jerry. I've got Jerome. I've got Sheila. And he starts, I was like, that's not Leslie. Leslie Willingham. And I'm agitated. And I call my wife. I go, Leslie, they said you don't have the pizza. I was like, what happened? She looks. She immediately starts laughing. She's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. I was like, what? She's like, I somehow ordered pizza from Branson, Missouri. And I'm like, that's not Valparaiso, Indiana. And the worst part of it was, who was being the jerk at the drive-thru window that had to apologize and then go in with my tail between my legs and order the pizza uh, from the young man that I was just 
being rude for. I know y'all never do that stuff. That's just me. Y'all never have those issues in life. And, but we tend to, you know, try to, even when mistakes happen, we tend to deny it. Or, or even better yet, we try to call our mistakes something else. Uh, for example, when a driver makes a mistake, we call it an uh, accident, right? When a teacher makes a mistake, it's a new theory, right? I'm teaching you a new theory today. Uh, when, when a barber makes a mistake, they call it a new hairdo, a new haircut, right? Mistakes. But, but what I've come to understand, too, is mistakes are difficult when it comes to living the Christian life. It's because this is what we do. When we make mistakes in our Christian walk, we immediately oftentimes think, well, I'm done for. God can't do anything with me now. Like, I, I messed up too bad. I, I blew it uh, too much. I lost my cool in that moment. I'm not being faithful in every area of my life. I should have forgiven this person by now, but I haven't. And, and we can find ourselves going through the Rolodex of our own minds and our own life. And, and we often think that, and we often sometimes think that we have, watch, hear me this morning, that we have unqualified ourselves simply because of the mistakes we've made. Well, God can't use me anymore. Yeah, God cannot, because of my past, um, God cannot use my story because I've, you know, I still got these things that I'm working on. He must not have a plan for my life. And we see in John chapter 21, this gentleman by the name of Simon Peter kind of going through some things in his own life. And if I could give you a little context of what we pick up on in John chapter 21, verse 15, Jesus has now showed up to his disciples. This is actually the third appearance that he has made since his death and his burial and his resurrection. So he's, he's crucif been crucified, he's been killed, he's went to the grave, he's now risen from the dead, he's now popped up on the scene now three times to his disciples. This is the third time. The disciples are out, they're fishing in a boat because that's what they know to do and I, I'm pretty sure they would probably be like many of us are just trying to figure it out. What's our next move? What do we do? And so they gradually go back to what they used to do and what they know well and they're fishing and and, and they haven't caught anything. And Jesus shows up. He's on the shore. And he shouts out to him. He's like, hey, uh, how about you throw your, your net on, on, on the other side? This is a, a, the second time that he's done this. This probably maybe immediately triggers in some of them like, oh, snap. I remember this when it happened last time. And one of the disciples, John, the beloved, actually notices and says, hey, that's Jesus. And, and Simon Peter, the crazy one in the group, the Bible says he doesn't even wait for the boat to get to shore. He doesn't even help get uh, all the fish in. He just immediately jumps off the boat and begins to swim right to Jesus and meets him right there. And when he gets up on the shore, they, Jesus takes some of the fish that they have and he lays it out and they just have a good old-fashioned barbecue and he's going to have a conversation with Simon Peter. And I want to talk to you first this morning about this question. I want to talk to you about the assessment that Jesus takes in his life. The assessment that he wants to take in our life this morning. He says, in verse 15, we go back to our text. He said, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than thee? That's our question we're looking at today. Do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord. He said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lamb. Do you love me more than thee? Many people talk about the different instances that maybe Jesus referenced to. Theologians and scholars dissect the scripture and talk about many different things that this could possibly mean. Maybe one of the things that Jesus is alluding to with this question, do you love me more than these? What was it possibly that Jesus was pointing to the boatload of fish that they had just drug in? Matter of fact, scripture tells us to be exact, it's 153 fish 
that they had, had drug in in the net in that day. Was Jesus asking this question to Simon Peter? Simon, do you love me more than these fish? Which means in their mind a lot of dollars, a lot of cents, a lot of money to these few fishermen. Do you love me more than your personal profit that you see before you? Do you love me more than your profession? Do you love me more than your career? Do you love me more than the very thing that you know very well and you can do very good and, and, and you can have a lot of profit? Do you love me more than thee? Or, or maybe he was asking Simon Peter because all of the disciples are there hanging out. Do you love me more than these in reference to all of the other disciples? Now for Simon Peter, this was a very good question because if you know anything about Simon Peter, Simon Peter was oftentimes very mouthy, very boastful. Uh, kind of he would just say whatever popped up off the time, off the top of his head. Really, I think if Jesus was asking that question in the context of his disciples, he's probably taking him back to Matthew chapter 26. When Jesus is explaining to his disciples, hey, I'm about to be betrayed and I'm going to be crucified. And because of all of this, you're going to scatter, you're going to run. And Simon Peter being the the sometimes prideful man that he was. He says, no, no, Jesus, not me, uh-uh. Oh, everybody else is soft. Yeah, everybody else, they're probably going to run and hide, but oh, Jesus, not me, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you in Jesus. I can kind of just imagine Jesus like laughing, patting Simon Peter on the back like, Simon, listen, man, before the rooster even crows, you're going to deny me three times. Do, do you love me more than these? What, what, and I wonder for you and I, listen, for us, it's not fish. For us, it's not maybe comparing ourselves to other people. But, but, but the question is very simple for you and I. I. I wonder what our more than these is in our own life. Even Simon Peter, he made the statement, oh, I will never do that Jesus in Matthew 26. And if we're honest, we've made those statements in our own life. Oh, I would never raise my kids like that. I mean, when I have kids... I mean, they're not going to run me. I'm going to run them, and, and, and we're going to always be in church, and they're going to discipleship. We're going to sit down at the family dinner table, and we're always going to read the Bible, and I'm going to turn on worship music, and we're going to have conversation, and then we have kids, and we realize schedules get crazy, and we run all over the place, and the I will never statement that we made, we end up doing. Hello, parents. Come on, I'm there. Amen. Oh, I would never. I would never do this in my marriage. Oh, oh I, w- I would never just... I would never just take gifts in my own life and just sit down and not use them. And if we're not careful, we find ourselves making the same statements that Simon Peter made. And, and, and I wonder for you, again, my question for you and I this morning, Jesus is looking at us and he's saying, do you love me more than these? What is the more than these in your own life? Is it a relationship? Is it, is it future plans? Is it future goals? Is it, is, it, is it things in your own life, own habits, own attitudes? on circumstances and situations that you refuse to let go. It's this assessment that Jesus is really taking in our life this morning with this question, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than what you can see? Do you love me more than what you can have? Do you love me? And then Simon Peter gives us the answer that I think he thought he was doing a good job with. He says, again, he says, Simon Peter, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. And again, verse 16, for the second time, he says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. He said, I want you to feed my lambs. I want you to take care of my sheep. That's a very uh, prominent statement to someone that he's talking to that is a fisherman. He knows nothing about lambs. He knows nothing about sheep. Now, we know what he is talking about. Jesus is 
talking and using an illustration that really talks about his people and his kingdom. But to a fisherman standing there looking at 153 fish, a payday that he's like, yes, we're about to get paid. 153 fish. Jesus says, if you love me more than these, I want you to take care of my sheep. I want you to feed my lamb. What was he saying? He says, I'm calling. If you really love me, I'm calling you to something higher in your life. But watch. But you've got to let go of what you used to know. I'm calling you to something greater in your life, but you got to let go of what you used to do. You got to let go of what, how you used to live. You got to let go of how you used to talk, how you used to think, how you used to forgive. Oh, I'm calling you to something greater, but, and you say you love me, but are you willing to let go of everything you see? We're in a series right now in our student ministry. Listen, I say it often. I think we got a pretty good student ministry around here. I think it's one of the best. And, and it's not because of me and PJ. It's because we have amazing leaders and amazing students. And uh, we're in, in this series right now called The What and The Why. And we're just simply, we're doing this series. And listen, if you have a teenager, I'm telling you, now more than ever, this is, you need to bring them. We're doing this series all the way through March. And we're just answering questions that they're asking. And can I tell you that's important to do? Because the culture is giving them all the answers right now. And it's not what the Bible says. And so we're answering them questions. And, and, and last week, we was just laying the foundation for this series. And I read to them, I'm going to read it to you. I read to them, I'm going to be honest, it's probably one of my most least favorite verses in the Bible. Write it down. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19 through 20. It's one of my most least favorite. You're like, you're a preacher. No, I don't care. It's one of my most least favorite parts of the Bible. That the Apostle Paul, he's writing to the church people. He wasn't writing to unsaved people. He's writing to church people and he's, and he's addressing some things. And he says, don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? And listen to what he says. This is the part I hate. You do not belong to yourself. One translation says it like this. Your life is not your own. Why? We just celebrated. We just talked about it. We just had a moment of reflection because God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. See, the answer that Simon Peter says, Jesus, you know I love you. You know I love you. And Jesus is like, but do you love me enough? Do you love me more than these? I want you to feed my lambs. Do you love me more, more than these? Do you love me enough that I want you to take care of my sheep? He says, I'm calling you to something higher and to something greater, but you got to be willing to leave behind. And listen, for, hear me this morning. If you call yourself a Christ follower and we're here and we're surrendering our life to Christ and we're walking this daily life, need I remind us, listen, your life is not your life. Oh, that's quiet. I know. Listen, I'll say it like this. Your money, that's not your money. Your time, that's not your time. Your kids, right? Some of you were raising kids right now. Those are not your kids. Those are his. And I know some of you are like, well, would he please take them back sometime? No, he's not going to do that because you're stewarding them. Those are not your kids. Your marriage, that's not your spouse. God, God, God gave that spouse to you. What are We are stewards. And this is what we're good at. This is what I'm, I'm going to talk about myself so you'll kind of ease up because I can feel everybody's seats getting a little tight. This is what we do. I love talking about Jesus as my Savior. Oh, I want him to save me. I want him. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, I'm so glad of that. I'm so glad of what he did on the cross. I'm so glad that because of him I can have a relationship with my Heavenly Father. Thank God that he is my Savior. Thank God that he loved me enough to send Jesus to the cross to die and pay a price that I should have paid and I should be paying. But because of his love and his grace and his mercy and his goodness that follows me and chase after me, he sent his son Jesus and I can have a relationship. Oh, I love Jesus as my Savior. You know what I struggle with? I struggle with him being my Lord. I struggle with the fact that everything I have is his, and I'm just a steward of it. So when it comes to my calendar, 
It's not how, how do I fit God in in my week? How do I fit God in my day? It should start off. I'm talking to myself. This is just as much for me as it is for you. God, I want to start my day off. You get first. Not I'm going to put everything in my calendar and then I'm going to try to squeeze God in. It's not in my finances that I'm paying my bills and I'm doing this. Okay, God, you get what's left over. No, God, you get what's first. And then your, 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 your blessings on my life and you will supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory. That's what your word says. So I'm going to steward what you've already given me. I'm going to steward this, this moment in my life. I'm going to steward these finances back to you. Why? Because he's not just my Savior. He's my Lord. God, these kids are yours. So when I have these decisions in my life and I have these tough, sir, I don't want to just fly off the handle and make my decision by my own mind or my own intellect and definitely not by my own feelings because sometimes my feelings tell me to do some things I know I should not do, right? And, and so, but God, I want to pray and I want to ask for wisdom and I want to ask for guidance. And God, God I want to ask you, what, what, what is it that you want me, how do you want me to disciple these kids right now? How do you want me to raise these kids? God, how do you want me to love the spouse that you gave me? See the difference? His lordship. He says, if you, Simon, son of, son of John, if you love me, he said, you know that I love you. Take care of my sheep. He says, I'm calling you to something greater, but you got to be willing to let go. And that's what really surrendering to the lordship of Christ is. It's the willingness that you and I must have to let go of the things that we think is ours and realizing it's not ours. It's really just his. And so we just give it back to him and we understand I'm just stewarding what it is he's already blessed me with. And then Jesus takes him a step further. Can, can I talk to you about the awareness that he brings in Simon Peter's life? Verse 17 says, the third time he said to him, so how many times has Jesus asked him now? Come on, tell me. It's not a trick question. How many times has Jesus asked him now? Come on, tell me. Come on, North Justin. How many times has Jesus asked? Three. So the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now, I want you to underline this in your Bible. Underline this in your notes. It says Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time. He was hurt because he asked him again, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Peter is one of my favorite disciples. I like all of them, but Peter, I can probably relate with the most. And I think if we're honest, Peter probably reminds us a lot of us a little bit more of ourselves. Peter was loud. He was mouthy. He like said whatever come off the top of his head. He didn't have a filter many times. Uh, that he just kind of whatever he thought, boom, he said it. Many times it's the wrong thing at the wrong time. Matter of fact, Jesus was talking one day to his disciples and he's telling them, hey, I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to be crucified. And, and he explains to them what's going to happen. And Peter's like, no, not on my watch, Jesus. That ain't happening. That ain't ever going to happen to you. And Jesus looks at him and says, and the Bible says that he rebuked Peter. He says, get behind me, Satan, because you don't know the plans. That's some pretty strong words. Right there, there, uh, again, there's another time, you know the story, Simon Peter, they're out and they're, they're in the boat and the storm is, is, is raging and, and they see someone coming and they realize it's G and Peter yells out, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come on out. And Jesus is like, come on out. And Peter like, don't even think about it. He's like, just hops right on the water, starts walking to Jesus, right? I can imagine he's like, oh, snap, me and Jesus walking on the water. And, and, and the Bible says that, he, that he's looking at Jesus, but then what happens? He loses focus of Jesus, and he begins to look at the winds and the waves and everything going around him, and he begins to sink, right? And Jesus has to show up and, and, and kind of reach him. That, that was Simon Peter. Simon Peter was always the one just putting himself in some situation. And so many times I think, too, I look at that, I can relate 
with that because he, he oftentimes didn't have a filter and oftentimes because of his, his boastfulness and oftentimes because of his own, own things in his own life. Again, not because he was a bad person, but he would often many times look at his own qualities and, and the own things. And, and I think oftentimes in my own self, when I look at myself and I look at my prosperity and my ability, that's when I begin to make the mistakes the most. Begin to fall the hardest. And I begin to look at everything that I can do and everything that I can achieve. So, so here's Simon Peter again, right? He, he looks, and, and again, Simon Peter, one that has mistakes. And listen, here's the thing. Mistakes are going to happen, but, but for you and I, we have, to, we, have to, uh, we have to have the ability to learn from our mistakes. Mistakes are part of life. Getting to hear me this morning, I'm not on the greasy grace side of things and saying, go do whatever you want to do, and God loves you, and all that. I'm not saying that. There, there are some accountability. There are some things, and this is what Jesus is about to do to Simon Peter is to bring him aware of the things in his life, aware of the mistakes in his own life. But if you and I, if we just get bogged down by our mistakes, we'll never move forward because sometimes mistakes can be a good thing. Post-it notes, those were discovered by mistake. Those are legit, man. I use post-it notes all the time. Teflon, right? Teflon that, 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 that is in a, nothing sticks to Teflon because tef, Teflon doesn't stick to nothing because nothing sticks to Teflon. That's their slogan. That was a mistake when they discovered that. Um, the discovery of America, that was a mistake. And oh man, what a great mistake that we get to live in this country. And, and, and you and I, we can look at different things. Thomas Edison, one of the greatest inventors of all time, the man who invented the light bulb, he was asked, he failed. It took him 10,000 attempts to create the light bulb. And in one interview, someone asked him, a reporter, they said, how many times are you going to fail at creating the light bulb? And Edison's reply was very simple. He said, son, I haven't failed. I've simply discovered another way not to invent the light bulb. That's a pretty good mindset right there. Some of us, if we, if we begin to look, you know what? I didn't fail today. I just discovered another way I shouldn't talk to my wife because that makes her upset. I did not do a good job, to, and I will learn and be better, Right? I didn't fail. I've just learned another way not to run my finances. I've learned another way not to raise my kid. Come on. You know what I'm talking about, right? And, and here is Simon Peter. The Bible says, though, he, he was hurt. He was hurt by this question. Now, now, why even the audacity to be hurt by the Son of God, the creator of the universe who was there? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The word was God, it became flesh. The audacity to be hurt by his question. When he had just denied him three times publicly. When he had missed it so many times in his own life. The Bible says he was hurt. For you and I, what we usually mean by hurt is that we are un unwilling to forgive someone else because what they did against us. That's what we think of the word hurt. Think, think about that for the minute. We, we say the word hurt but what is, it, what is actually happening in our own life is that many times we are exalting ourselves above the aggressor or the perpetrator. And we're saying something like this, I'm worth more than the treatment that you give me. I didn't deserve what you said to me. I didn't deserve what you did to me. So I am going to continue to hold it against you until you somehow make it right. That's what we think of when, the word, when we say the word hurt. I'm hurt, and until you make it right, I'm going to stay hurt. But that was not the hurt that Peter experienced. That, that's not what the word tells us. Peter was hurt. Write this somewhere down in your notes. You can put it in parentheses. But the Greek word is lepeo, which actually means this, that he was grieved or he was thrown into sorrow. Now, again, so Jesus comes to him. How many times? This is now the what time he's asked him. Come on, tell me. 
this is the third time Jesus comes. He says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, I love, and, and the Bible says he was hurt. He experienced this sorrow, this grievance in his own life. What was it from? It was this, actually this godly sorrow. And godly sorrow, you have to understand this morning, godly sorrow is not a bad thing in your life. Now, now there's a difference between godly sorrow and, and worldly sorrow, but I'll say it like this. Godly sorrow says something like this. Godly sorrow says, I made a mistake. Worldly sorrow will say this, I am a mistake. You see the difference? I, I made a mistake or I am a mistake. Godly sorrow will say, I blew it in that instance and I can, get, I can recover. Worldly sorrow says, I blew it in that instance and I'll never get over it. Godly sorrow is, would say something like this. It's a habit and it's a hang up and it's an attitude in my life that by the grace of God, I'm going to get through. Worldly sorrow will say it's a habit, it's a hang up, it's a mindset in my life and I'll never get over it. The Bible says that Simon Peter was hurt. He was sorrowful. But why was he sorrowful? Why did he experience in this moment godly sorrow, which is a good thing? Godly sorrow, which can lead to repentance, the Bible says. What, why, could, could it be that maybe, uh, again, it's, I know it's a word that they use in our culture, but we'll use it today. Could it be that maybe when Jesus asked Simon Peter the third time, it triggered in his mind what he had done to Jesus? That he had denied him publicly three times? Come on, some of y'all, you've read the story. Jesus is, is, is getting, he's getting beaten, and, and, and he tells Simon Peter, you're going to deny me before the, the rooster crows three times. And so he runs out, and, and, and on three different accounts, on three different instances, people come up to him, and he says, hey, aren't you one of him? You're the disciples. Didn't you follow Jesus? And he says, no, I, I, never, I never knew the man. And on the third time, he hears the rooster crow. So maybe for him, is it, a, is it a trigger moment that when Jesus says for the third time, Peter, do you love me? Did he go, oh, snap, I remember what I just did. Maybe was it that, maybe it could have been, but you know what I think it was? I got to take you back to our text again. Jesus asked him three different times on three different occasions, Peter, son of John, do you love me? And he uses the word the first two times, do you love, do you agape love me? Agape love is this perfect love. Agape love is really the love of God. Agape love is a love that has no conditions, no limits, no circumstances that can break it. Agape love is a love that God has for his people, which prompted his sacrifice of Jesus for the sins of this world. That is agape love. It's just perfect love. And so on two occasions, Jesus, he looks at John, and the Bible says that he looks at him, son of, son of John. He looks at Simon Peter, son of John. He says, uh, Simon, do you agape love me? Do you perfectly love me? Love me. Do you have a love that is unconditional, that is not limited, that is committed fully? Simon Peter can't answer that question. Why? He just denied him three times. So he responds to Jesus. We read it in the English, love and love. He responds to Jesus. Jesus, you know that I phileo love you. That's a different love. It's the love of a friend. It's the love of a brother. It's a love, hear me this morning, that has limitations. It's a love that is not perfect. It is a love that if we're honest with ourselves, that is the love that we have, and that's what sometimes allows us that when people do us wrong, we say, I'm done with you. I don't want to talk to you anymore. 
or we hold bitterness, or we hold anger, or we hold resentment. So, so watch. So Jesus, this is why Peter, the Bible says Peter is hurt because Jesus immediately brings awareness and he exposes something in Peter's life. He says, Simon Peter, do you agape love me? Jesus, you know, you know I phileo love you. Take care of my lambs. So, Simon Peter, do you agape love me? Jesus, come on, you're Jesus. You know, you know I phileo love you. And the third time, watch, the third time that Jesus, Bible tells us and text tells us when you study it in, in the Hebrew and the Greek, the third time that Jesus looks at him, he says, Simon Peter, do you phileo love me? Oh, cut right to his heart. Because, because what? J Jesus says, I know you can't get to where I'm calling you to, so I'm going to come down to you. It's this godful, it's this godly sorrow, though. It's this godly sorrow. Watch that, that when we work, let it work in our life, this is the awareness that Jesus is bringing. That, that worldly sorrow brings regret. Worldly sorrow brings condemnation. Worldly sorrow, it brings this, man, I'm not going to make it. I'm a mistake. I can't get past it. But it's that godly sorrow that doesn't keep us stuck in regret. It turns us to a repentant heart. It turns us into a heart that we chase after God. Paul would write in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 8 through 10, as he wrote to the church, he said it like this, for though I caused you sorrow, lepeo, it's the same word, by my letter, he says, I don't regret it. But why, does he, why does he say, I don't regret causing you sorrow? Not the sorrow that we think of, that we hold grudges, but he said, it's just godly sorrow. He says, I don't regret it. He says, because it's, your sorrow will only be there for a while. And he goes on in verse 10, listen to what he says, for the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces a repentance without regret, leading to salvation, but the sorrow of the world produces death. Here's the awareness that Jesus it's trying to show Simon Peter, listen, that restoration and reconciliation follow repentance. Reconciliation and reconciliation follows repentance. And what I love about John chapter 21, listen, a pastor said it in the first service. Peter denied Jesus publicly. Jesus is about to restore Peter publicly. He says, you've been living in the sorrow, you've been living in the sin, you've been living in the regret. I'm sure Simon Peter was walking around kicking himself in the rear, saying, man, why did I do exactly what Jesus said? I cannot believe, I don't know if I can get past it. Jesus says, Simon Peter, do you agape love me? He says, Jesus, I, I phileo love you. I, I can't get to, Simon Peter, do you agape love me? That perfect love. He says, Jesus, I, I, you know, I, I phileo love you. And finally he looks at him and says, Simon Peter, do you phileo love me? We know that Peter's heart was hurt, but yet he professes, watch this, he professes to Jesus his limitations. Because how does he respond? He says, Jesus, you know all things. You, you know I blew it. You saw it. You weren't there, but I know you saw it, that I had limitations. You know I turned my back on you. Jesus, you know all, you've been there every time I've messed up. You've been there every time I made a mistake. Jesus, you know all, you know the limitations that I have on my life, but this is what I love about Jesus. This is what I love about this conversation. It's the gospel message really wrapped up in one thing, that listen, on our best day, we don't know how to get to God. On our best day, my righteousness is like filthy rags. On my best day, I can check every box, but the law of the old covenant shows me that I'm still limited, that I don't know 
how to get to God, that I cannot achieve what he has for me. But God loved me so much that he sent his son, Jesus. He says, you cannot get to me, so what am I going to do? I'm going to come down to you. You can't have agape love in your own strength. You, all you have is phileo. All you have is limitations. All you have are mistakes. So what am I going to do? I'm going to come down right where you are, and we're going to start right there. It's this awareness that he brings. Hear me this morning. You and I, we get so caught up. We think, man, I got to do better. I got to try harder. I got I to gotta do more. I gotta, and we think like, it's all, we, we look at it and we think like God has this bar. And we're just, we're trying to get there. If I could just, man, it's Monday. I feel like I got a good pep in my step. And I know I'm getting there. But on Tuesday, our jump is a little smaller because the world beat us down. On Thursday, our jump is a little smaller because mistakes we've made. And we constantly think that it's this bar that we're trying to achieve. And God says, no, I'm not, I'm not trying to get you to get up here. He says, I love you so much, I'm going to come right down where you're at, and we're going to start right there. Yeah. Yeah. He says, do you phileo love me? <laughs> yes. God, you, you know all things. I, I phileo love you. Peter understood that the love of God in Christ was far greater than the sin of his mistakes. It's godly sorrow again that brings us to repent, repentance, that brings renewed intimacy with the Savior that causes us not to run from him, but causes us to run to, to him. I think that's why Simon Peter, when he saw him in the boat, he could jump out of the water and swim because he really knew the heart of Christ. He knew what God was all about. He knew that God was going to come and meet him right where he's at. And I can't possibly ostracize myself anymore when I begin to look at my mistakes and I see how small they are when in comparison to the love that God has for me. See, if, if nothing else, hear me this morning. If you don't get anything out of this message, I want you to write this down. If my actions don't qualify me, then how do my actions disqualify me for the kingdom? And now, again, I'm not, I'm not on the other side of saying you go do what you want to do and be what you want to be. And, and I'm not saying all of that. But hear me. Hear me. This is what the awareness of Jesus was showing us. He says, you're agape love. We all know, Simon Peter, you can't get there. We all know you're not going to hit it. But he's about to restore him publicly in front of his friends. He's going to set him up for ministry that he's about to do. And he's going to remind Peter, listen, Peter, your, your, actions don't, your, your, actions don't dis, or your actions don't qualify you because I want to use you. So how are your actions going to disqualify you from not being used? Oh, that would free some of us up if we realize that. That would free some of us up to think that, man, because sometimes we come in Sunday church, we say, oh, I can worship good because I had a good week. Oh, I had a great week, and my hands are going to be so high this morning. And, and, and if we come into church and we've had a bad week, our hands are like right here, right? I don't know if I'm worthy. That's not why we worship. Worship is not based upon who we are. Worship is our expression of who God is in spite of our shortcomings. That's worship. He, he looks at Simon Peter. Simon Peter, do you love me? Do you phileo love me? It wasn't, hear me this morning, his awareness that Jesus brought on Simon Peter, it wasn't so much about illuminating his deficiency of himself. Simon knew how deficient he was. If we had time this morning, pass around the mic, we could all talk about our weaknesses. We could all talk about where we get it wrong. So, so, so Jesus was not trying to illuminate his deficiency of himself, but more he was trying to illuminate his dependency upon Christ. Simon, do you agape love me two times? Jesus, I phileo, love you. He says, you can't, you can't get there without me, Simon Peter. So I'm going to come down here, and we're going to start right here, and then we're going to go up. And, and when I look at it in, in that light, come on, Lindsay. When I look at it in that light, I know sometimes we're like, Pastor Matt, 
I can't tithe 10%. Take up an offering, 10%. I'm supposed to give I can't, I can't tithe there. I'm not agape yet. Start somewhere. Start with what you got. Start with $20 a week. Start with $50 a week. Start with 10. Start somewhere. Start somewhere. Jesus says, I'm, I'm gonna take, man, Pastor Matt, I'll get in a small group and let people in my life and let people know what's going on. I can't, I can't do it. Don't get in a small group yet. Start on a serving team. Start on that. Like get some people around you that you're just talking to and checking in on like start somewhere that's what Jesus was saying to Simon Peter listen he said he's basically saying this I that you and I must must make a commitment not to perfectionism but to progress that's what he says progress now not perfectionism agape but progress let's get you out of here phileo and let's move you up progress listen there's often times in my life can I tell you God doesn't call me to be the best jewelry God doesn't want me to be Jory. Jory is Jory. He wants me to be Pastor Matt. Progress. I remember just a couple weeks ago, we went to a meeting in the county, Sunshine Center meeting that we had to go do, like Board of Zone Appeal. It was great. It was awesome. We had some people show up, you know, had some things to say. And uh, it's moments like this in my life, y'all, that lets me know that at the young age of 41, God still got a lot of work to do on me. It's moments like this that I was sitting in that room. And I'm sitting there with... Joe, who's from Building God's Way, and Pastor Phil and, and Colin are up and they're talking to the board. And Pastor Phil so eloquently is speaking and sharing the vision. And there's some people saying, standing up, standing up and saying some crazy things. I'm just letting you in on my life now. Y'all, y'all, y'all know you gotta pray for me. And some people are standing up and they're saying stuff, and I'm just my leg is shaking. I'm getting antsy. And Mr. Joe's like, hey man, just chill out, chill out, chill out. I was like, no, they're saying stupid stuff. I gotta say something. He's like, no, you don't have to say nothing. You just let you, let Pastor Phil. And Pastor Phil's just talking. And, and I remember, you know, we made it to the meeting, went well, passed. It was good stuff. And and, and I walked out and, and some people were standing. And Mr. Joe understood quickly. He like grabbed me by the shoulder. He said, here, you come stand by me right over here. And uh, I got in the truck with, with Pastor Phil and I go, hey, it's moments like that that lets me know God's got a lot of work to do still on me. I was like, because there's some things in my heart. And and listen, when I, when I look at that, it's not that I weigh myself against Pastor Phil. It's not that I weigh myself against Pastor John. It's not that I weigh myself against Thomas on the worship team or, or anybody. Not, not weigh myself against Brother Ernie, who's one of the greatest men of faith I think I've ever met. It's that I weigh myself to myself. Am I progressing? He says, you're, Simon, you're not at. He goes, I know, I know you. You're not at agape love. So let me get you here, Phileo. Let me get you where I know that you're at, and let's move forward. Progress. So, so this week, here, here's some five things I want you to think about when it comes to progress in my walk with Christ. Do you love him more than these? Here's the first thing I want you to ask yourself, or I want you to do this week. I want you to think about him much. Those who love, with, who love Christ will be thinking about him often. If you love a person, Right, or if you love an object, it gets a lot of your thought process. My wife, one of the favorite things she loved to ask me, she'll see me at home when I get home. Did you think about me today? I'm like, girl, you know I thought about you. I love you. I know how to answer that question. I thought about you often. I could barely even write a message today. I was thinking about you so much. I, I know the answer. Right? I know how to answer that question. But do you think about him much? Psalms 1 and 2. I don't have time this morning to read you all the scripture. Go read that this quick, that this week person that loves Christ will be thinking about it much will be constantly striving again not not perfection but progress am I phileo this is where I'm at God today this is where I'm at phileo love this is what I have there's limitations there's things that you know I get wrong there's mistakes Jesus says I'm, I'm going to come right where you are think about it much here's his number 
Number two, I want you to talk about him much this week. Philemon 1, 4 through 7. I can't just imagine, right, if you, if you love anyone or if you love anything a lot, I can't imagine keeping it a secret. I was at a, a soccer game yesterday morning where we're hanging out and there's and me and Leslie and some of the parents and there's a mom sitting right there and she talks about the vacation about, about to take. She goes, we're going to Gulf Shores, Alabama. I said, like, ooh, Gulf Shores, Alabama. You need to go to Lambert's Cafe. It's in Foley. I was like, they throw the rolls at you. And I started talking and I saw her face too. Like, why are you even talking to me? I didn't even ask you this question. And Lambert's Cafe is always an experience that, you, that I, I want people to go to. And I saw myself, I caught myself before I could even uh, catch myself. I was like, man, I'm talking to this lady and telling her the things that she don't really care about. Boy, it's just something that I love to experience and I want other people to experience. It's the same way with Christ. If he's really done for us what we say that he's done for us, if, he's, if we really love him the way that we love him, why are we not sharing him more? I'm not sure why as believers we have this difficulty of talking about Jesus, but if we're honest, we're honest, we do. I don't want to offend nobody. I don't know what to say. I don't know, I don't, how would they react? I don't know. That, that's not our responsibility. Our responsibility is just to simply talk about him much. When we practice thankfulness and praise, it's really just an overflow. Man, when I hear somebody talking about financial struggles. It's just an overflow. Let me tell you how God showed up in my life financially, how he's done miracles. When I see somebody going through something and physically or mentally or they, they're married, man, let me tell you how God showed up and blessed my marriage. Let me tell you how God showed up and did a miracle in my life. Talk about him much. Number three, obey him. Oh, that's a lot easier said than done. Actions speak louder than words, right? That's why he said, he said Simon Peter, do you love me? He says, Jesus, you know I love you. He said, I want you to take action. Put the fish down. Pick up the lambs, pick up the sheep, feed them. Actions. We say we love Jesus, but does our actions prove otherwise? Oh, I know it's tough, but I know it's something Pastor Phil says quite often, even in our own staff. Show me your calendar. Show me your checkbook. I can show you who you love. Show me your plans. Show me what your schedule revolves around. Listen, I get it. Life is busy. We got three boys. They play sports. We coach. I do things all in the community. I get, I understand the calendar, but show me your calendar. Show me your checkbook. Are you obedient in those life, in those areas of your life? Are y'all just ready to pray? You just want to pray and get out of here. Number four, imitate him. Ephesians chapter five, verse one. I love it as little kids. You know, we all know we've seen the little kids. They love to imitate their parents. They love to imitate their hero. Trey's a big Steph Curry fan. He's a lefty on the basketball court. He has a mouthpiece now, and, and now when he shoots free throws, he takes his mouthpiece out and he chews on it because Steph Curry chews on it. I was like, don't chew on your mouthpiece. You look weird. He's like, no, nah, Dad, Steph Curry does. He, he made a jumper the other day because he does that because Steph Curry. That's what Steph Curry does, Dad. Got to leave it. Give, it. give it up. I play for him, right? <laughs> you imitate. <laughs> imitate. How much more? Who, who better than to imitate is Jesus Christ, the way he loves the way he forgives. He said, people will know you are, you are my disciples by what? By the amount of scripture you know? No. People will know you are my disciples by what? By as much as you go to church? No. People will know you are my disciples by the love you have for one another. Imitate. Number five, I want you to stand. I can tell the Holy Spirit's been working on you. You're like, let me just pray and get out of here, Pastor Matt. You all up in my business today. Number five, and this is what Jesus was showing something. Just rest in him. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 30. When you, when you and I, when we don't trust his judgment with a decision, come on, you ever done this before? 
that you go to God and you pray and, and you don't trust his judgment, his decision, so you try to go back, you try to do it yourself, what happens? A lot of unrest in your life. A lot, a lot of turmoil in your life. You don't sleep good, right? You're up all night, you're tossing, you're turning. But when you and I, when, when we begin to wrestle with that decision in which he's leading us, right, we begin to fight it, there, there's no peace. But when you and I surrender to him, oh, I know this is easier said than done. When we surrender, man, we get rest. When I lead my family the way he's called me to lead, I get rest. When I raise my kids the way he's called me to raise, when, when I obey him financially, when I obey him as a steward of my life with the gifts and the talents, there's rest. And listen, ultimately you can start, you can rest. Why? Because simply Jesus is coming down to us today. He said, just start somewhere. What Pastor Philip preached about last week, what, what's in your hands right What do you have right now? Let's start right there. Oh, it's not agape, but it's phileo. He says, I can start, I can start with that. Thank you for listening to Heartland Christian Center Sermon of the Week. If you would like to partner with us and give, please go to hcc.ag and click to give tab. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with others. Also, if you have a prayer request or want to contact Heartland, please email us at pastorphil at hcc3d.com. Have a blessed week.